people of ancient Nineveh heard Jonah when he preached, and they repented. They turned around. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hembry. I'm Janice. And this is Bible Discovery TV, where we take you through the Bible every year from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. Thank you for joining us. Now, Corey and Ryan are here. They're going to bring their segments up in about 20 minutes. What's going on, Corey? Today, I'm going to be taking a look at the history of the city of Nineveh. Ryan? Well, you know, the God of the Bible is the God of gods and the King of kings, and he demonstrates that through Jonah's encounter with Nineveh, and we're going to talk about that. All right, very good. Look forward to that as we continue to talk about that. Janice, what are you going to do? Today, I want to talk about Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace. Okay, get your Bible guide out, and let's open the book, the world's best-selling book, the Bible, and let's listen to what God is saying to us. Jonah 3, 1 through 10. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three-day journey in extent. And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. Then he cried out and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. Then word came to the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne and laid aside his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that in his hands. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish? Then God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way. And God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. Jonah chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Jonah chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, and chapter 4, that's what we study today. You know, it's interesting because... When we go through the Bible every year, which we do on a regular basis, um, it, it becomes important to understand God. And it's a difficult thing to describe the nature and the actions of God. And it's very easy to misunderstand them. Now, some people have this problem understanding the passages of Scripture in Jonah chapter 3, where some translations tend to say, God changed his mind and did not destroy Nineveh. Now, wait a minute. If God is somebody who knows all, how can he change his mind? Now, think about that. 
God in his justice still recognizes the sin of Nineveh. But because of his mercy, he accepted their repentance as Jonah always knew they would. <laughs> and so the scriptures describe the actions of God relenting due to the repentance as change in attitude towards the city. A change in mind is different. Now, it's an interesting historical twist, just listen to this, that 150 years later, the prophet Nahum would again come to Nineveh and preach the same message that Jonah spoke. However, this time Nineveh did not repent and they were judged and they were destroyed. Jonah was an interesting man, however, and his book gives us a brief look into his life as a reluctant, disobedient prophet. It is a remarkable story showing God of the Old Testament as a God of grace and a God of mercy, which Jonah did not like. And it ends very interestingly. Well, as we begin to study the Bible and we open up our Bible guide to today's passage, let me remind you that the most important book of all is the Bible. And the Bible guide takes you through the passage. Today, we're talking about God's grace and mercy. And so we're looking at Jonah chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Ten verses we're going to study today as we look at this. And if you don't have your Bible guide, why not? Call us or write to us or go to Bible Discovery TV and click on the Bible, or Bible guide page. It will take you to donations. Let me say that today and right now, the donations are very important. We don't tell you what to donate because the Lord will tell you that. We just ask you to pray about it. We want everybody to do what God wants them to do. Very, very important. And thank you for your donations. But then it takes you to a page where you can download it as we printed it in a PDF file. So you can have a copy of the Bible guide as well. Now, as we begin to study this, let's pray. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus Christ that you would help us to understand Jonah. Help us to realize the prophet is amazing, and many of us are like him. And so, Father, we pray today that you would help us to not be people who grab on to anger and resentment and you want to sue this person and that person. Help us, Lord, to be different. Help us to be people who listen to your word. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' wonderful name, and we said together, amen and amen. Jonah chapter 3, verses 1 through 4 say this. It's interesting. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. This is after his first uh, experience with the word of the Lord and running from it. Saying, arise and go to Nineveh, your enemies, that great city, and preach to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now, Nineveh was exceedingly great city, a three-day journey in extent. And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. And then he cried out and he said, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Now, this takes me to the first point. Jonah preached through the streets of Nineveh. The people heard him as he spoke what God had told him. I guess you might say Jonah was a bit of a street preacher, 
And, uh, but he spoke only the word of God, not his opinions and ideas and his interpretation. But as God spoke to him, he spoke to the people. And beloved, let's keep that in mind. Of course, Jonah had been on the boat, caught by the fish, thrown up on the beach. He's gone through all of that. Now let's talk about this. If we have freedom to speak, we have responsibility. Very, very important. Let's go back to Jonah chapter 3, verse 5. So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, and put on the sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. Then the word came to the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne and laid aside his robe and covered himself with a sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, neither, let neither man or beast, herd or flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who can tell if God will turn and relent? And turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. Now look at this one. The people of Nineveh heard and believed Jonah. They did. And they proclaimed a fast for themselves and their livestock. We should always take God and his word seriously. It's not just an entertainment function when we preach. The most important thing is it's the word of God. Are we preaching the word of God? Are we talking about the Bible? Are we saying the things that God has said? Very important. We need to stay on the word of God. I remember telling one pastor to stick to preaching the Bible. It becomes very important. Let's go to the last couple of verses, the last verse. Then God saw their works, that they had turned from their evil ways. God saw this. And God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them. And he did not do it. Which brings me to the last point that we're discussing today. God changed his order of judgment because the people changed their order of behavior. You see, beloved, we can delay God's judgment if we move our lives. If we move our lives towards God's way, and not our own way. If we read the Bible and allow the Holy Spirit to work inside of us, those who have said yes to Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, and we've said, Lord, take over, and his Holy Spirit has taken over, and he moves us through life, then we're going to follow God. And beloved, that's the way we repent. That's the evidence of a true nation who loves God is a nation who changes their ways, where the, the police scanners go silent and the newspaper articles don't have anything to publish because there's no more death and there's no more destruction. Because we've changed our lives to the way that God asks us and wants us to change it. Beloved, that's so important today. Father, help us to change ourselves, to follow you and to do your ways in Jesus' name. And we said together, amen. This character of King Saul, this historical figure. Now, I think it's probably fair to say that most of us, when we think of King Saul, we think of the bad guy foil to King David. 
But an entire book of the Bible is also dedicated to mostly his reign. Of course, that's 1 Samuel. So I'm really excited to jump into it today and see what we can learn about Saul. Now, as we begin to read and study through the Old Testament book of Jonah, uh, there's a lot that we have to admit we don't know about Jonah. There's a big debate over the date of the composition of the book of Jonah. There's even a debate over the genre of the book of Jonah. But one thing that everyone knows is that Jonah revolves around the Assyrian city of Nineveh. And that city changed a lot throughout uh, its history. So let's take a look at what we can learn uh, about Nineveh. The ancient city of Nineveh was settled very early on in human history, and while it was an important part of the Assyrian Empire, it had to wait until the reign of King Sennacherib to finally become the capital city of Assyria. Before the days of Sennacherib, Nineveh was known primarily for its temple to the pagan goddess Ishtar, and it must have at least served as part-time residence for Assyrian kings, as evidenced by the early royal palaces there it would have been to this city that the prophet Jonah was sent. According to a reference in 2 Kings 14, Jonah lived shortly before or during the reign of Jeroboam II of Israel, which places the events of the book of Jonah before Nineveh's heyday as capital of Assyria, but in a time when her temple and royal palaces made her a prominent city and symbol of Assyrian power. After the days of Jonah, Assyrian King Sennacherib made Nineveh his capital. He rebuilt its walls and 15 gates. He dug a moat, built an 80-room palace that he famously called the Palace Without Rival, and filled it to the brim with carved walls and sculptures. Sennacherib also planted public parks and gardens throughout the city with trees and foliage from all over his empire, and dug multiple irrigation channels to support this plant life. His son, Esarhaddon, continued his father's building in this city, but chose to build a new palace for himself after part of Sennacherib's was burnt in the aftermath of his murder. The last great king of Assyria was Sennacherib's grandson, who is famous for building a great library at Nineveh. He sent scholars and scribes throughout the empire to collect tens of thousands of texts that he stored in his capital. The project was a great success, but just as the biblical prophets Nahum and Zephaniah predicted, it wouldn't last. Only a few years later, in 612 BC, the city was destroyed by the emerging Neo-Babylonian Empire. From the writings of later historians, it's believed that the attackers dammed the tributary that flowed through the city to cause flooding that weakened the foundation of part of the wall, which provides collaboration for Nahum's prophecy of Nineveh's destruction. So there we go. Among all the unknowns, when it comes to the book of Jonah, we can still know the history of the city of Nineveh, even its biblical history and how it panned out. And we can learn a ton about the book of Jonah simply from reading through and studying the book itself. Extra matters kind of set aside. That's very interesting, Corey. Now tell me about this understanding Saul business. What's yes. Okay. We're really excited about this. I'm really excited about this because what I've done, I actually 
have a copy right here. I'm going to make sure that I'm holding it right. There we go. Um, it, it is a uh, six-part Bible study, so you can really separate it out however you want. But when I had it in mind, when I designed it, it was for small group Bible studies uh, where you're, you do one Bible study a week. So there's a, a half an hour video teaching on it. Uh, and then the idea is that then you will take about half an hour and discuss it. There's discussion questions as well. And then leading up to the actual session, there's uh, assigned reading for you. So it takes you through uh, the book of First Samuel, focusing on King Saul. King Saul is this really puzzling character for a lot of us because he was God's choice as the first king of Israel, yet he failed so spectacularly. So there's a lot of questions and, and a lot of wisdom that we can glean from the scripture and from history about Saul. So if you're interested in that, you can go onto our website. It's available as a physical DVD package, and it's also available as a digital download for a suggested donation of $60. Yeah, it's a great Bible study. It's absolutely excellent. Okay, Ryan, you're up. All right, well, my segment today is all about Jonah. Now, pretty well, everyone knows the story of Jonah and how he was swallowed by a large sea creature and spit up after three days to deliver a warning from God to Nineveh. And yes, I believe this was an actual historical event. But have you ever thought about why God employed this very unusual method for bringing Jonah to the land of Nineveh? Well, that's what today's report is all about. Jonah, called by many the reluctant prophet, was commissioned by God to preach and prophesy against the great but wicked Assyrian city of Nineveh in order to prevent and circumvent divine destruction. As bitter rivals and enemies of Israel, however, Jonah does not want the Assyrians to find God's grace and be spared. Thus Jonah attempts to flee from the call of God, hoping perhaps that the call will fall to someone else. However, God does not let the prophet off the hook. So while he is at sea, the Lord brings about a mighty tempest, and Jonah ends up going overboard and getting swallowed whole by a great fish, which the Lord had prepared. Jonah would be three days and nights in the belly of the beast, until after much supplication to the Lord, he was finally vomited up onto dry land. It was then that the prophet carried out God's command and warned the great city of Nineveh of their impending destruction. Amazingly, and to Jonah's dismay, Upon seeing and hearing the prophet's divine message, the city turned their hearts to the one true God, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. This is most fascinating. How is it that Jonah, a complete stranger to the people of Nineveh, could have made such an impact? Some suggest the answer is found in God's extremely unusual method of delivering the prophet by way of a fish. A fish is especially significant because archaeologists have discovered numerous statues and clay engravings that recorded the prominent position of a pagan deity, Dagon, in ancient Assyria, which was depicted as part man and part fish. Archaeologists also discovered images of this fish god in the ancient city of Nineveh, usually at the entrance to the palace and temple. As H. Clay Trumbull observed, what better heralding as a divinely sent messenger to Nineveh could Jonah have had than to be thrown up out of the mouth of a great fish in the presence of witnesses, say on the coast of Phoenicia, where the fish god was a favorite object of worship? The recorded sudden and profound alarm of the people of an entire city at his warning was most natural as a result of the coincidences of this miracle with their religious beliefs and expectations. 
As always, God demonstrated that he is the God above all gods and the king above all kings. You know, I absolutely love the account of Jonah. God asks a Jewish prophet to go preach to his Assyrian enemies so that they will repent and find God's love, grace, and mercy and avoid destruction. I think most of us can understand Jonah's reluctance. Fortunately for these people at Nineveh, Jonah wasn't God, and what God was doing here was just as much a lesson for Jonah as for the Ninevites, if not more so. At the end of Jonah's book, the prophet is irate, but God says, Should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and also many animals? Thank God that we serve a God who is loving and merciful, but who is also righteous and just. And I think that's important to remember this is in the Old Testament. And so, by the way, these pieces are very, very interesting. I have uh, the phone app here on my phone, and uh, you can see all the programs that are there. That's one way you can get to it on your Android or your iPhone. Another way is through the Roku box, which is excellent. Uh, you can go to Roku box, get all the programs there and our live streaming stuff as well. So. Uh, you can watch it any way you want to. Very, very good. Janice? Yes, well, Ryan, my segment kind of coincides with your closing statement about loving and, and merciful God, um, calling mine amazing grace because of the deep grace that God showed to Jonah himself. I, I picked out a couple of key verses here from Jonah chapter 3. It's verses 1 and 2, and it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the message that I tell you. So as Ryan has, has pointed out, this is the second time, you know, and, and most of us do know the, the account of, of Jonah, that God called him to go and preach uh, the words that he gave to him, to the people in Nineveh, and Jonah didn't want to go. And so he tried to get away. We know the story, and he came back, but in God's amazing grace. See, I've often said to you, Rod, it's a good thing I'm not God because nobody would exist anymore. It would be like, okay, you've got two chances or three chances and you're done. And, and I look here and, and, and the grace that God has with Jonah. Uh, God had an assignment for Jonah to do. And thankfully, um, for the people of Nineveh and for Jonah himself, he chose to obey what God had for him. And um, so I, I want to point out First of all, God's amazing grace with Jonah and, and that he gave him the second chance. Now, that same grace and that same mercy that God demonstrates for Jonah and for the people in Nineveh, he demonstrates to us as well. And um, we need to ask God as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ for us to have that same kind of grace for the people around us. And that's, as I can, as I said earlier, that's something that I, that I can struggle with. And I think you can too, where there's things that are happening around us, even in these days, that we need to have grace, that God's love is extended to us around or to, to the people that are around us. God hates the sin, but God loves people. And we have to remember that God has made a way for us to be reconciled to God. God is holy and can't be around our sin. But because of the death of Jesus Christ, and he is the only one that could have done that. He's the only perfect one. He was fully God and fully man. And when he gave himself, 
willingly on the cross and gave his life, we can now come to him and ask for the forgiveness of our sins because he has paid the cost. And it didn't end there. We are given the gift of life because he was resurrected in the flesh after three days. What an amazing story. Amazing grace from a God who loves us so very, very much that even the people in Nineveh whom Jonah knew that if he went and preached repentance and the people turned that God would forgive them. And that was hard for Jonah literally to swallow. Not as easy for the fish to swallow Jonah, but it, that, that concept wasn't easy for Jonah to swallow. And yet he went and he preached the word that God gave him. And because the people repented, then God relented. He pulled back on the punishment uh, that we'll find out a little bit later on. Eventually that, that yeah, punishment did come through I think it's to an unrepentant Nineveh in the future. I, I think it's important to understand that Jonah knew God was merciful and graceful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's why he didn't want to go in the first place, because he knew as soon as he started preaching to that city that they would respond. And what an he didn't want them to respond. No, and what an interesting story afterwards with the the plant that grows. And God uses that demonstration to Jonah to say, you know, do you have any right to be angry over this? Well, it's mean, really interesting. Put yourself in his spot. I have, yes, many times. Would you? I see a lot of myself <laughs> in Jonah, actually. Yeah, I do. And so that's why I am so, so... I, I can't even articulate how grateful because that I am of God's amazing grace. Grace, and that's exactly right. And His right. mercy, and, and that's His exactly love. exactly right. Can't when articulate it. When you are confronted by the grace, and you're confronted by the mercy of God, there really is there's nothing, nothing like to it. say. Yeah, because like it. it is totally and completely unusual. And it's not something that this world has. It's not something that people uh, recognize in this world. You, you can't know? buy it. No. And today, I mean, people, you know, they find somebody did something, they're going to sue them, you know, going to sue them, take money from them. But what God does is he forgives us and he gives us grace and mercy and we make it right. But he gives us grace and mercy and he heals. Amazing. Thank you for joining us today. Remember, Eastern Time at 3.30 in the United States of America. We're on Facebook and we're on YouTube and we're on Bible Discovery TV with a prayer meeting. We invite you to join us and we'll pray for your needs and the needs of the world right now. It's very, very important. 
But let's pray today. And Father, I ask today that you would help us as Christians to allow your Holy Spirit to change our lives and to turn us in your direction. And we follow your word in Jesus' name. Amen.